Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. What it do, what it do, guys. It's DeAnthony here, man, a.k.a. Hood Scout. Back again for another edition of the Hood Scout Podcast. And this is really a unique podcast, a podcast like no other. We're going to have athletes. We're going to have coaches. We're going to have intellectuals. We're going to have media members of all sorts. And don't forget, guys, to like this podcast, share this podcast, and help grow this podcast. This is not just my podcast. This is also your podcast. And the only reason it's going to grow is because you guys are going to be invested in it, guys. Sit back, get your beverage of choice ready, get your popcorn ready, get your dinner ready, get your steak ready, get your vegan meal ready. Tune in, guys. Hood Scout. Peace. Hey, what it do, guys? Welcome back to another edition of the Hood Scout Podcast. Today, I got another great guest, man. A guy that's at the college level, uh, West Coast, so Texas to, to, to Cali. Without further ado, Coach, tell the people who you are and uh, where you're from. All right, how y'all doing? This is Coach Alonzo Carter, assistant head coach and running back coach and recruiting coordinator at San Jose State University out here in San Jose, California, out here in the Bay, baby. Yeah, let me let I, I usually I always like to chop it up and lead up, but I gotta I gotta uh, you gotta tell me about this coach. Reading the bio, it says those that were played for or trained by Coach Carter, Keenan Allen, Marcus Peters, mm-hmm. uh uh, uh Namdi Javid Best, Josh Johnson, DJ Williams. I'm just gonna gonna be real. What is our letter about, Coach? I, talk, you gotta well, talk to me about that. Well, back in the days prior to me. Being a football coach, I was a well-known track coach as well. I coached track and field at McClimbers High School in Oakland, California. And I used to have the – in the summertime, I had this track club called AC Track Club, which stood for Alameda Contra Costa County Track Club. So I would take these young men to the Junior Olympics. You know, I had two state champions. I had Daryl Rideau and Kareem Kelly from Long Beach Poly. They had won the state championship down in SoCal. And and they and then as well, um, I had my guy – Sutan McCullough from John Muir High School. So all those SoCal guys would come up in the summertime and they would run with my NorCal guys. I would create this like all-star California track club to go run against track Houston and all them teams in Florida, all them big teams. So I was one of the first ones to combine SoCal and NorCal. And through that, Namdi Asamoah, he was from SoCal. He knew those guys and he signed with Cal. So once he signed with Cal, he was like, who is this Zoe guy? I keep hearing his name. And a lot of those guys, a la DJ Williams and Atari Callen, were local guys from De La Salle High School. They also ran with me. So my name was kind of known amongst them. So every time SoCal guys would come up for the summer, they would train with me or, or run track on my track club. And it just became big. And young guys at that time, like Marshawn Lynch was in a young guy, ninth and tenth grade, he would come work out with us. My ball boy, which is my nephew, was Marcus Peters. His wow, dad, coach. Yes, yes, his dad, Michael Peters, and his mom, Doreen. We all graduated from a climate high school in '86 together. So, so I've been knowing Marcus since birth. So he was my ball boy, you know. So he's always been around, and he used to work out with us too. So 
watching all those guys locally, whether it be Joe Mixon, Najee Harris, Javid Bass, all those guys were all local, and they would kind of follow the footprint of what they seen Marshawn doing. And Marshawn would work out with my guys that were NFL or preparing for the NFL. And Josh Johnson actually went to Oakland Tech with Marshawn, and that was his quarterback. So all those guys, man, we just kind of kept it home base. We wanted people to know it's okay to be from Oakland. It's okay to be from the Bay. And it was positive things going on. And to see all them young men become men and become successful NFL men in their career, Keenan Allen came away from North Carolina and would come work out with us in the summer and end up going to Cal. You know, so I mean, his, his, my best friend, Coach O, which was his high school coach, we knew each other. So all those guys, man, it was just a blessing to have all those guys around. Marvin Jones, he's he was with Cal as well. Him and Keenan was there at the same time. So to see that circle and just so many local players, not only that were from the Bay, but came and went to college in the Bay. Come, we all kept it all together. And a lot of them, I was blessed to be able to have an opportunity to work with a lot of those young men. This gonna be fun. Yeah, I, I, this might not be a short one because I, I can just feel the energy and the synergy and the and the, and I love the wisdom and the knowledge. So let me ask you this, Coach. Mm-hmm. How did you build this that that track team that track thing and what what, what like how what, what type of workouts were you guys doing? And then another thing I want to ask: mm-hmm. Was there a difference between the North Northern California guys athletes and the Southern California guys? Because I know oh, down yeah. here in Texas, man, it's 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 you know. Dallas, Dallas, you know, you got DFW, Dallas Fort Worth, you know, Houston. And, you know, we think we got the best. They think they got the best. So yeah, a little bit yeah. that going on. It was it's different because, like I said, when I went to the Junior Olympics my first few years and got a chance to get a taste of it, that's when I seen track Houston. And I'm like, man, what is this? You see these mm-hmm. grown men running uh, Hallmark Track Club. You know, they had those guys. So it was a lot of good, deep Texas and Florida track clubs. So I said, why can't I do the same? In California, a lot of people don't realize that L.A. is 300 miles away from Northern California. People assume we right around the corner from each other. It's kind of like Dallas and Houston. Yes, in Texas, but they're not close. So I just wanted to find a way of allowing young men from whether it be Southern California, Northern California, Sacramento, Central California, which was Bakerfields and Fresno, San Diego. How can we get all these guys together? So when we went to the summer to the Junior Olympics and competed against the best, we had our best, which was representing California. And uh, those guys would come up at my school, McClellan's High School. We only had enrollment about four or five hundred students at the time. So when they would come to the Bay and train, they would be in awe of just the facilities like, wow, man, you're able to compete with us on a state level because we always make it to the state finals and compete against those guys. So when they came and trained, he's like, man, much respect that you're able to do it at such a small school competing against a Long Beach Poly, which got 5,000 students versus a McClimax, which got 400 students. So it just became more of a respect. And I was young and I was hungry trying to make a name for myself. I was coaching football and I figured if I could get these young men to buy into what I was doing in the summertime, they would overlap and it would just keep my high school name, McClimax High School, in the conversation year round. So you have football season in the fall. You had the mm-hmm. signing period in February. You had the spring, you had track. And do you had summer, you had summer track. So I just wanted to keep my name and the school name circulating year round when you get the, who is this Alonzo Carter guy? Mm-hmm. And it all helped in recruiting when it came to colleges wanting to come to California, recruiting nationally 
they would all automatically come by McClyman's High School. And when they would come, I would tell them where other players were, whether it be go over to Oakland Tech and see Marshawn Lynch and a Josh Johnson or go over to Salesian High School where Javis Best was, which he ended up being the state champion, but he ran on my summer track team as well. So Taiwan Jones is over at Deer Valley High School. So it was a lot of guys that were local, but we mm-hmm. just wasn't getting that push nationally like y'all were in Texas and Florida and all that. So I wanted to make sure that we, it's California, because SoCal gets more attention than NorCal. So yeah. I wanted them to say, how can we bring it all together and just be one? And, and AC Track Club, which I stood for Alameda Contra Costa County Track Club, was the mm-hmm. place to be in the summertime. The best of the best ran for AC Track Club, and we broke a national record, ran 39.86 in the 4 by one relay. We won many wow. numerous national championships in the relays and the 100. And Charles Ryan, which is the current head coach at San Jose State, ran the 110 hurdles. He ran on my summer team. So we did some big things in the summertime, and it all spilled over into my high school because I coached mm-hmm. football and track. So I did it year round. So I just wanted to kind of keep keep that name buzzing, keep my name buzzing as a young yep. black coach. I was one of the yep. youngest black coaches in the state of California. So I wanted to take that platform, being from the inner city myself, and give young men that look like me and women an opportunity to, you know, further their education by using sports as a vehicle. Good stuff, coach. Good stuff. Let me ask you this, coach. What was your philosophy back then? Did you have a I mean, you had you had the horses. I mean, you had the you had the elite athletes. Did you have well, a certain type of philosophy, whether it be was training or anything like that? It's funny you say that because now I kind of live by it. I, I didn't word it then, but I have this saying that I use right now. It's called "all facts, no fluff." So everything with me is facts. There's no fluff mm-hmm. in it. I'm not gonna be the dude telling you a hundred stories that's not true. I, I I remember being a young man. You used to always listen to the older guys, and they would always have a story. And you'd be like, oh, man, how much of this is real? How much is this yeah. fluff? So I, I said, believe I you, give, Coach. <laughs> yeah, I want to give you all the facts. Even my good friend, Jeff Anderson, he's with the Cleveland Browns now coaching. And I used to coach him. And he's like, oh, give me a story. I'd be like, what you trying to say? See, every time you talk, you got a story. So I wanted to make sure my stories had a lot of facts in them. I didn't want no fluff. I didn't want to exaggerate. I didn't want to give them false hope. I wanted them to see that there was a hope factor in everything you do. Everything you do, you can influence people younger people like i say while namdi was playing and training with me for the nfl combine namdi asamoah first round draft pick went to cal he trained at mcclimas high school and the oakland ymca we didn't go to no xos and no big pretty facility we trained at my high school and downtown oakland ymca and he went first round and ironically he went to the oakland raiders so he stayed right there but watching that, you had young men like my quarterback, Kyle Reed, which ended up being an elite 11 quarterback in 2004. And then a young man that was a ball, my ball boy, Marcus Peters, is looking up to that. You know, he's yeah. seeing that. He's seeing that live and like, hey, I can do that too. So you just wanted to create what I call a hope factor for these young men and women that if they can do it and they can achieve that and train with less we was training with less. Nami just sent me a text yesterday because I texted him his um a picture of him on Twitter and they was talking about the best DBs in the 2000s. And his response was, yes, that's when I was eating peanut butter and jelly because I had a little snack and I used to use how to help him gain weight. We would eat top ramen and peanut butter and jelly. There was no uh, uh, extra protein powders and all that. No, nah, we was old school. 
it was <laughs> go in the kitchen, go make you some top ramen, get you a peanut butter jelly sandwich. That's your snack, you know. So we had all kind of little little things we were doing. It worked, you know. You end up running yeah. a whole three forty and and doing and then went first round to the Raiders. So it was just me knowing what I wanted to do and how I wanted to affect these young men and women. And he was one of the ones that believed in me and gave me opportunity because from that, a lot of people start believing in me like Zoe must know what he's doing. He got Namdi Asamoah training at McClymouth High School. We had a dirt track and a grass field and the wow. Oakland YMCA. So that, that was our training facility. And it was, it was, it was, it was, it was a blessing. I was young. I was hungry. I just wanted to prove who I was. And then the track club was just a cherry on the top because we would go every summer. And he ended up even sponsoring us when we went to the Junior Olympics up in Seattle. When I had DJ Williams and Albert Hollis on my team, which Albert went to Georgia, DJ went to Miami, obviously. Yep. But those guys were my 15, 16-year-olds. I had the biggest 15, 16-year-old intermediate team in the state. They were like, let me check the birth certificate. Oh, yeah, because <laughs> DJ been big since high school. DJ was huge, running yeah. 10-800s in the 10th grade. Hey. That dude, I he, he, I heard some legendary stories. Oh, yeah, I, me, I've heard many people say he was one of the best players in high school ever. DJ was no joke, and he played his ass off. He would, he would play hard, real dedicated, good good brother. Invited me to the national championship game when they played uh, at the Rose Bowl when they beat Nebraska when he was at Miami. So just i just been blessed to be around a lot of positive people that believed in me and gave me an opportunity to train with them because they went to other schools. So when they would come all together, you talking about some practice? Oh man, yeah. you them practices was off the hook. We yeah. would practice and they would go at it, and you would just be the best against the best. Iron sharpening iron, and that's what it yeah. was always about. And when when them guys would come from Long Beach and Pasadena and all that, they would come stay at my house, and we would go run the lake and go run the hills and all kind of stuff. And we would train, and it, it wow. didn't stop once they went to college. When they would yeah. come home for summer. Once they were uh -huh. in college, they still will come back and work out with me. Wow. So, Coach, now, I love this, man. So, you, you're young. You're making a name of yourself, getting it out the mud. Did you get, like, like as far as your athletic acumen to say, we're going to run this way, we're going to do this, we're going to work out this way. Like, did you draw any any knowledge from somebody else, Coach, or was that all oh, something yes. you was creating? No, 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 no. I had some – my biggest influence on me in the track was my brother Clyde Turner. Clyde Turner was the head track coach at John Muir High School. And they were legendary. Clyde is one of the best track coaches in the history that I've ever been around. And then I also had the luxury of being coached by Coach Willie White. God rest his soul. Willie White coached Berkeley High School. one of the best track coaches in the state of California. One of the best track coaches in the country. So he had a lot of legendary teams. And by I took a little bit of him and a little bit of, of what Clyde was doing. And then my, my track coach when I was in high school, uh, Paul Cotton, you know, I, I learned a lot from them, and I said, okay, how can I bring all this together? How can I take this knowledge and this information that I have and turn this into something special? So first thing first was my high school team, McClymouth High School. We went to the state. I won nine uh, section championships in a row coaching track. And then we in, 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 in 99, we did something that has never been done since. We won all 13 running events in a section final. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. In a section five, I'm talking about the mile, the two mile, the hurdles, 100, 200. We run all 13 running events in a section final. And, all, and then we end up being third in the state on the men's side of it as a team. So we had a legitimate team and I just wanted to take all this different knowledge and information that I was getting and just creating something that was special. And I had a lot of people that was older than me kind of poking at me. Um, Coach Scott was over at uh, Encinal High School. He he gave me a lot of knowledge. Uh, Mike Wilson from Vallejo High School. He had some great teams with Ali Evans and all those guys. So I uh, uh, Coach Lawson at St. Mary's High School. So there was a lot of good track teams prior and a lot of those track coaches were also football coaches. So wow. I was like, how do you marry it together? How do you get mm-hmm. the football players to want to run track? And back then it was big. It wasn't no people not running because they were specializing in a certain yeah. sports or doing mm-hmm. seven on seven and not participating. So it was a year round thing and it was beautiful. And a lot of them coaches that were around me, you know, they kind of gave me their, um, Come on, come on, youngster. Let me see what you got. You know, uh, a coach from Pittsburgh, Billy Ray, Coach Evers. He's, wow. He gave me this thing I used to do called a trampoline workout. We used to do workouts on the trampoline and do all kind of different stuff. So I had a talk lot about of that a little bit, Coach. Talk about, talk about that a little bit. Well, well, you know, I seen somebody. It was funny because I was just watching somebody on ESPN or something. And they was talking about this workout they're doing on the trampoline like they invented it. Man, we that, probably was ja, that probably was uh, the basketball player, Ja Morant. Man, we was doing that in the 90s, brother. Because up here in the Bay, it rains. So in order for us to keep up with Southern California, that song by Tony, 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 it never rains in Southern California. That's real. So it don't rain down there. So we used to have to kind of make up how can we stay in shape and balance. So we would work out in the hallways, and I would create these 60-second interval workouts on a small trampoline. And you would run with weights. I would have the little weights in your hand, and I would create training days on a trampoline, and it would whoop them. We would do drop, jump ropes and trampoline workouts. I was doing that in the 90s, brother. So all these cats that's late to the party, I should you <laughs> talking about they created? No, 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 no. That stuff yeah. been going on for years. And the way we did it, because I was teaching all the guys how to run the 400 meters. So you would have to run 60 seconds on the trampoline, knees up, full speed, and I would time you with my stopwatch. So those type of workouts were legendary. So when we went against the big boys in SoCal, we was right on par with them. So it was just something that I created and got help from uh, influence by uh, Coach uh, Billy Ray over at Pittsburgh. He was doing it, so I wanted to do it. And he gave me that nugget, and I just ran with it. I took it and ran. Coach Josh Tazino. Over, he's at Pittsburgh now, but he was at DeAnza at the time. So it's a lot of good track coaches locally in the Bay Area doing a lot of good things. And I just wanted to make myself special and be different. But then in the summer, send me all your runners, and all of them would send me all their runners, and we would have a good time 
going against competing against all the guys across the country. Man, oh, I love this, coach. I love this. I, let me ask you this, and I wasn't gonna ask it, but any any other little creative workouts you did? Because I love that type of stuff. I'm a nerd, man. Big man, we were doing the lad. All my big dudes would do the ladder. They would do the, the box jumps and plyos. And my big, I used to have a videotape. I used to go out and speak at coaches' clinics. That's how I got known. I used to go out and do my speed training. I used to be selling tapes out in my trunk for ten dollars. You know, I used to go out and speak. And I would wow. show people how to do all the because here's the problem. I mean, coaches can relate to this. Make sure you don't edit this out. When you go to all these clinics and hear people talk and all these clinic talks, they show us as high school coaches stuff we don't have. We don't have that equipment. We don't have those facilities y'all got. So I would have some simple as a, a damn. We would use garbage cans. We would use trampolines. We would use jump ropes. We would use the weights, just stick your thumbs in them, a little two and a half, and you run with them. I mean, I had all kind of little tricky stuff that I would wow. use so you don't run across your body, making sure that you're using your eye to pocket, just all the take your wrists and all that. I'm giving up a lot of nuggets, man, so you know I might have to get paid for this. But anyway, <laughs> I used to take the wrist, and if you can't see it, if you can't see your wrist, your hands is too low. I would teach them how to run with three fingers. You run here. Then you run like this, and now once you open it, them three fingers, bam, bam. Now you got an open hand with a flat wrist. So it was a lot of little stuff I was teaching them, and I still teach it to this day. I use all that stuff to this day. Out of pocket, I'm let me, school, you know. Let me let me ask you this, coach. Oh, I'm loving this. Do hmm. do you do do the, do the younger coaches are they hungry for this knowledge that you have? Like like let's say how you learned Ooh. it from the old school guys back then. Are these younger guys hungry for it? I think they are. I think it's getting to a point. I think uh, me being blessed, which I started doing my Zoom calls, um, which was a whole nother thing. I'm sure we're gonna get into that, but yeah, we are. We we really we ain't even talk. It's like it's like pregame, coach. Yeah. <laughs> so we get you when I do like I did a running back Zoom call just the other day, separate from my big Zoom calls, and on them calls, that's when you exchanging information, and that's when you're showing what you got. And I'm the biggest student of them all. When I'm on them Zoom calls. I'm on there taking more notes than anybody else. You're never too old to learn. If pro coaches go to other training camps and if college power five coaches go to other training camps and learn spring ball and so on and so on, mini camps and all that, how could you even fix your mind or let it come out your mouth as a high school or junior college coach that you don't need to know or you don't need to learn? It's never You're never too old to learn. You know, Coach Ron Glue and Tom and Coach Tommy Robinson. Tommy Robinson is running back coach at Texas A&M. Dylan McCullough is the running back coach at uh, uh, Notre Dame, and then Ron Glue is the running back coach at Stanford. I've got, I, I, to me, them are three of the top running back coaches in the country right now. Okay. And they were just on a Zoom call just this past Sunday that I gave, giving up nuggets and information on how they're still learning. And you talking. Wow. Tommy's 30 plus years in the business. Ron Goo's approaching 30 years in the business. So these guys are 30 plus years in the business. Dylan McCullough was the running back coach for the Chiefs with Eric B. Enemy and them when they won the Super Bowl. You know, so wow. these guys are talking about how they are still they are still learning. So you're never too old to learn and you're never too old to get better. So young coaches, please never feel like you know it all. Network and get information because everybody does things a little different. You might call it one thing. I might call it something different. So just make sure you learn it. You can call it whatever you want to. Mm -hmm. But when I was coaching and teaching back then with my speed training tapes, 
I was just way ahead of the game. We would do running wow. up hills and all kind of stuff. And I would videotape it and show it and show how I was training my guys with no wow. real equipment. I didn't have no I didn't have no money. I was well, high so what you what you do? Took the took the VHS video camera out there? I had a dude right there with the big old school camera. <laughs> <laughs> hey. And I would cut it That's up. Futuristic. I double deck VCR. I would double deck. First, we used to have the two VCRs. Then I got a few yeah. dollars and got the double deck where you just had one remote and would make it. And I would make all my tapes and edit them, man. And I used to wow. self-edit. I used to self-edit all my tapes right there in my living room. <laughs> man. Oh, yeah. It's man, game. 22 minutes. Go ahead, Coach. I'm sorry. You got to be about that hustle. You ain't hustling. Now, real man. talk. You're not winning. You're real you're and I was 27 years old doing all this. And for the record, I'm gonna put it out there clear as day because everybody get talking about money and all that. I was making $23,000 a year coaching high school. That's that's coaching, teaching, everything. 23000 That shit. And I did that, made that for about five or six years. And you couldn't tell me I wasn't winning because that wow. was, I wasn't in it for the money. I yeah. wasn't in it for the money. I was in it to change yeah. lives and save lives. Yeah, when, you, when your agenda is pure and you're doing things right, God gonna bless you on the back end. I'm not Real making two thousand no more. Yeah, all right. All right. <laughs> let me borrow some, coach. <laughs> oh man, so coach, yeah. let, let me ask you this: Can you say some? And we're twenty two minutes in, and I, I feel like we ain't really started yet. Let me ask you this: Those coaches you name, there's some heavy hitters at at A&M, at Stanford, at um Notre mm -hmm. Dame. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like? And you, I'm gonna put you in the mix. Do you feel like some of the guys that, that, that are not head coaches has been in this game and probably do a lot of stuff at that university? A lot of people don't know. Are those guys underrated? Yes. We we one of the biggest questions. Okay, if you look at the people I named, Ron Gould, Tommy Robinson, Dela McCullough, I asked them all Sunday, is it in your vision to be a head coach? And it was yes. It wasn't even like a pause, you know. Because what happens in my space as running back coaches, and I'm speaking for all the running back coaches across the country right now, we kind of underrated. We kind of not, we feel somewhat underappreciated because one, it's one of the more dynamic positions, you know, when you got a person that can play the position, but the position itself, even in college and in the NFL, is starting to get devalued a little bit because everybody likes to throw the ball. So they figure, you know, well, the back's not running it like he used to. And then you mm -hmm. playing multiple guys, two or three guys a game. So you got to make sure that those guys not only can run the football, they got to be able to catch. They got to be able to protect. They got to be able to know how to pre-snap, read a lot of stuff. So you got to teach a lot. There's a lot of teaching that goes into that. That's why when I see brothers like Coach Huff leave, got his job leaving Alabama, winning that championship, and becomes the head coach at Marshall, Hey man, I'm 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 like whoa! I'm a, I'm a cheerleader, you know. I'm excited for him. I'm I'm looking at him like that's what I want to do. That's what I want to be like. You just you see that Coach Ron Gould when he was a head, running back coach at Cal, he became the head coach at UC Davis. So learned a lot from him. Just him talking to Mike Jinx. Mike Jinx was a head coach as well. He's at University of Houston right now. So you you learn a lot from these brothers and see Clarence McKinney. He's the head coach of Texas Southern. Well, he was the Officer coordinator uh, at Texas A&M when they was winning, you know. Wow. He, he was there. He was at University of Houston. He was at Texas A&M with Johnny Manziel, you know. So he was part of that life. Now he's the head coach of Texas Southern, and we're real close friends. And I'm learning from him how he's being a head coach from being a running back coach. So Hugh Jackson, you 
Hugh Jackson was the running back coach at USC back when I was talking to Sue Tom McCullough then back in the 90s. And Hugh Jackson has become an NFL head coach as well as a head coach right now at Grambling. So there's a lot. Anthony Lynn. Look at Anthony Lynn. Anthony Lynn was a running back coach, you know. So are you messing uh, my head up with this history, coach? Yeah, them, them brothers is deep, and they were all running back coaches, but the, the path's a little different. So you gotta uh you gotta understand they want you to be you gotta be able to master a lot of things when you're trying to coach their position because as position coaches, you need to understand you are the head coach of your position. That's your job. Your job is to master your position, to be the head coach of your position. And they always say, you know, kind of where well, anybody can be a running back coach and all this different stuff. So it's kind of like a it's like a backhanded compliment. You have the mm -hmm. best players, but it's like, well, he's supposed to. He got Najee Harris. You don't know. Najee Harris needs to be coached, too. You know, he needs to get coached just like everybody. Saquon Barkley needs to be coached, too. You know, Nick mm -hmm. Chubb needs to get coached, too. All them young all them dudes want to get coached just like everybody else. So they're not great for no reason. Yeah, they got talent, but I watched Marshawn Lynch. I seen him. I watched him develop. I watched my good friend, Del Networks, God rest mm -hmm. his soul as well, develop that young man and work with him at Oakland Tech High School and become mm -hmm. champions while he was in high school. So when he went to Cal and all, the, and then went to the NFL and everybody was talking about beast mode, man, I've been seeing that. He been doing that. Yeah. <laughs> Beast Mode been Beast Mode since middle school. And on Saturday mornings, he up running the hills with grown men while you up watching cartoons. While you sitting up chilling watching cartoons, Beast Mode up running that Maybell Hill in East Oakland. You know, so it's 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 a mindset. You know, Najee Harris, Joe Mixon, all them dudes have incredible work ethic. Incredible work ethic. Joe Mixon's uncle, Eric Barber, just left here. He's showing me video of him training. And I was like, whoa, I need to steal a couple of them drills. You know, I'm watching yeah. it. But these dudes are relentless when it comes to work ethic. They're not good just on an accident. And we as running back coaches, we have to work that much harder to prove ourselves. And most importantly, we leader of men. Like me, I'm a leader of men. And mm -hmm. that's what, what it boils down to. Being a leader of men, being able to show them the way, be able to show them not just the football piece, but the off the field piece that you can be special, you can be dynamic. And if it's in your dream and in your ability to get to the next level, whatever that next level is, mm -hmm. go for it. You know, that's, that's I'm glad that's you, I'm sorry, Coach, y'all. I'm glad you hit on those players because I was about to ask what makes some of those elite guys, whether it's the Najis, the Joe Mixon, which, man, I, I was, I'm gonna tell you. I mean, it, 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 this thing is, is, is always, life is always full circle. I was, my background was in radio. And I was I was I was working a switchboard for Oklahoma football down here in Dallas. They had an affiliate. Mm -hmm. And with the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just gonna circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. 
Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Just listen to the radio from, listen to the, to, to the production, but on the radio side, Joe Mixon breaks away. Touchdown. Mm-hmm. That I would hear that so so many Saturdays. So that's just a testament to his his talent and his yeah. but but his work ethic, like you said. So I was gonna ask you about that. So you answered my question. Those guys aren't just talented, they put the work in. But I want to ask you this, Coach. Coach Merritt, who's at Texas, said something fascinating when he was on the podcast a while back. He said a lot of times, you know, sometimes black coaches here, they elevate by being a self-promoter. He said, mm-hmm. Well, the, the reason he has elevated was by being right by the kids and People seeing him coaching and do, that way. Do you feel like the coaches, like yourself, like some of these other good brothers we named, do you guys have to be self promoters, or can you rise just by your guys being talented? It's it's a I mean that that self promoter thing somewhat bothers me when I hear that because it's not fair. Okay. You know, uh, I think there's some um, when you do a good job at anything you do in life. You, okay, let's throw football out of it. If you at work and you work for UPS, don't they give an employee of the month? You know, wherever you work, and sometimes they give the employee of the week, employee of the month. They do that at McDonald's. I know because I used to work yeah. at McDonald's. I worked at McDonald's. I wanted my picture on the wall, employee yeah. of the week, you know, whatever. Yeah. So <laughs> when you get acknowledged for something that you've done and you're doing it with no agenda, mm-hmm. you're doing it for the love of what you're doing it, and someone wants to talk to you about it or someone wants to interview you about it, like we're doing, and someone yep. else sees it from the outside, or look at him, he on there start promoting himself. It's not fair. It's not fair because all, all like this interview right here, some people could say, oh, look at Zoe, there you go doing another interview. Well, you called me and asked me to do the interview. It ain't like I seek you, hey man, you, you better interview me, you better put me on. <laughs> yeah. no, you called me, and I'm like, hey brother, whenever you want to do it. So yep. we get a chance to talk about the different struggles or the different things we go through from just being in that small space, being a running back coach, a receiver coach, whatever, just being an African-American coach, period. Yeah. We don't get as many opportunities as our counterparts do. So when we get a chance to talk and articulate, look at you. We've been talking for 20 minutes, man. In the first 10, you're like, whoa, look at the whole energy is different from a text. Yeah. Just Okay. The energy and the conversation is engaging because that's who we are. That's part of our personalities. And anytime you get a chance to talk and showcase who you are, the man, not the coach. We're not drawing up no plays. Nope. I ain't doing no play. <laughs> nope. Other than give you my secrets about my track training back in the days. I ain't drawing yeah. now play. The energy and the natural personality is what's tr- is making this conversation go. So when you're in front of people, you get a chance to talk to people. You always want to give them to get to know Alonzo Carter, the man, Alonzo Carter, the father, the husband, the person, yeah. uncle, the mentor, whatever that is. Get to know me, the individual. And mm-hmm. then on top of that, oh, by the way, I can coach my butt off. So you yeah. want people to get to know you. So self-promoting to be mis- can be misunderstood. All you're doing is talking about what you've done or you're just answering a question that somebody asked you to answer. Now, there yeah. are some coaches that get on there and show their drills and do all that to each his own. I don't do that. If you go back and look at my social media, any of that, go all the way back. To, I had Facebook when 10 years ago. I yeah. never, never see me on there putting up plays or talking about X's and O's. I'm talking about life. Yeah. Ooh. I'm talking about 
life. I'm talking about real life. So if you, if that's what I need to do to reach somebody, if this podcast, if I reach one person, if yeah. one black coach or one young male of any color, yeah. here's this podcast and go, you know what? That just motivated me. Didn't job well done. But that's because yeah. that's been my agenda. I don't have no agenda. When you called and asked me to do this, I said, put me down. I'm ready to do it. Don't know yeah. who here. Don't know who it's going to reach. But if it reaches one person, this was worth my time. Good stuff, Coach. Coach, do you think it's important? And I, I, I've seen this myself on the outside with coaches where some of these guys, some of these guys now are finally getting their chances. And mm -hmm. what I've noticed is the guys that get the chance always go back and try to bring somebody else with them, which I think is normal and natural. It's a good thing. How important is it for a guy like yourself and these other good brothers we named to mention each other in other rooms? Do you think that's an important thing? That's very important. You know, it's very important that I talk about a Brennan Marion. You know, it's really important that I talk about Ron Gould. I talk about Dylan McCullough. I talk about uh, Clarence McKinney. You know, it's important. Willie Simmons. You know, it's really important mm -hmm. that you talk about these, these brothers that are doing it and doing it on a high level and teaching people because that's what you want. You want someone to help you and then validate what you're doing, right, wrong, and different. I was just on a Zoom, like I said, the other day with A.J. Stewart, the running back coach from Oregon State. I'm a what was y'all talking about? Running back play. We okay. talking about, I'm just taking notes now. And we got 12 other coaches on there listening. You know, wow. A.J. Stewart's one of the top running back coaches in the country. Real mm -hmm. low-key, good brother. But he giving up free game. And I'm on there taking notes just like everybody else. I've done that with Jimmy Bill at Montana State. I've done it with A.T. Thompson over there at Cal. Those are my guys, you know. Those are guys that you kind of get in with and you talk ball. Keith Bonaparte when he was at Washington. Now he's at Boise State. Those are guys that you spend time with and you talk ball with them. A Junior Adams, good receiver coach. I watched Junior Adams' career go from Eastern Washington to where he is right now at Oregon. You know, I watched his whole journey. You know, these are guys that have put in work and have allowed themselves to become who they are. They, they allow, I watched Kyle McDonald, the running back from USC, the running back mm, coach yeah. from USC. I remember he was the GA at Arizona State. Now wow. he is the running back coach of USC. So you yeah. watch those guys move up. You watch their journey. And you have so much respect. You know, Quentin wow. Gamble. I remember Quentin Gamble, the running back coach of Utah. That's like my little brother. I remember when he played high school football right here for the Berkeley Cougars when he was playing youth football. Now wow. he's the running back coach at University of Utah, and he was just the running back of QC over with the Jacksonville Jaguars. So you wow. watch these careers develop. You know, yeah. I watched him go and play in the league and then be at Weaver State, and now he's at Utah. You know, I watched Brian Johnson years ago at 24 be the youngest offensive coordinator in the country. He was a minority. He's a black quarterback, played at Utah, quarterback at Utah, coached at Utah, was an OC. Now he's a quarterback coach for the Philadelphia Eagles. You know, mm. you watch these young dudes come up, and yes, you want to throw them their roses. Yes, you want to validate them because you see them doing it, and you go like, I need to make sure that I acknowledge that brother because I, I respect his hustle. He did it the right way. Mm -hmm. He didn't he didn't negative recruit, as we would say. In our yeah. business, we hate negative recruiting. We talk bad about the other ones. Mm -hmm. Because you talking bad about me because of my logo, and you got on a different logo, and we trying to recruit the same kid or something. 
What happens when you don't have on that logo? Mm. What happens when you get fired? Yeah. Who are you the man? You didn't yeah. get so much negative talk about another black man. Now you can't stand on your own two feet when you don't have on the logo. You know, mm. it's Alonzo Carter. Yes, I am the running back coach at San Jose State, but Alonzo Carter was been Alonzo Carter. I'm 53 years old. I've only been coaching six years at San Jose State. My career wow. in high school and junior college supersedes what I've done here at San Jose State. I've been a coach 30 plus years. So I'm wow. more, I, you see, I started off talking about me as a high school track coach. A lot of yeah. people don't even know I coach track. You know, so oh, wow. this is what you see now. You can yeah. peel this thing back to the 90s. I started coaching in 92. So we wow. can go all the way back there with this. You know, yeah. so it's just who you are as a man. So, yes, you need to talk about other people. And, yes, you need to promote and, and, and watch a Brennan Marion go from being a high school coach to the receiver coach of University of Texas. You need to validate mm -hmm. him. You need to give him mm -hmm. some roses. You need to see that process. What did he do? What was his stops in between? Yeah, he yeah. went to Howard and William and Mary, but where else was he before he got the pit? How did he get mm. started? What, what, what did he, you know, what's his ground rule? How did he break into the business? Yeah. Those things are important. Those are things we need to talk about. Those are the things we need to celebrate when we see brothers that move up the ladder and get in that space. Now share that space with them. You don't have to separate. Yeah. Share the space yeah. with them. And when the brothers yeah. get in the space, be willing to share. Yeah. That's good stuff. Yeah. Don't just be like, oh, I got it and it's all mine. Man, this thing can be gone yeah. like this. Your life yeah. can change like this. You can be gone out this business real quick. So yeah. you got a lot of people that you got to give homage to. Two of the people I always give homage to is Ron Gould, running backs coach for Stanford, and Kelly Skipper. He is the running back coach for the Buffalo Bills. He was the running back coach at Fresno State when I first met him. And he the one showed me and taught me how to break down a transcript to make sure that my players would be NCAA eligible. So I watched them go from Fresno State to UCLA, to Washington State, the Raiders, Jacksonville Jaguars, now the Buffalo Bills. I watched his entire career, and he's a friend of mine. He's somebody that I consider a friend, and I love what he's doing. They got a chance to do something special this year in Buffalo, so yep. I'm rooting for him as a friend. You know, I'm yep. not a big Bill fan, but, you know, I love yep. that Skip. If Skip got a chance to go to the Super Bowl, then go yeah. for it, Skip, you know, because he's a friend of mine. So that's, that's you, 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 we admire each other from a distance. And I think we should always be willing to share that space and give up love and give respect to the guys that are doing it the right way. That's amazing, man. It reminds me of six degrees of separation, but it's, it's all connected. And that's, that's so powerful, Coach, because somebody can look at you and say, well, yeah, he's a D1 coach, but they don't know how much you connected. You, you no. got, you got NFL here, you got NFL there, you got big time, like, it's all connected, but the people don't know that. That's very fascinating. We didn't even got to talk about my career with Hammer and and now Nambi went from playing. Nambi's married to Kerry Washington. Yeah, so he is. Yeah, yeah. About a whole separate industry. You know, he's yep. in the entertainment world now. So you got all these different things that all come together because entertainment and sports they all go together to me. They yep. all they all viewed as one. So yep. you need to understand who you know and when you know these people. How do you treat them when you're in that space? How do you how do you gravitate to them? Joe Mixon was just chilling at my house this past Saturday before he left to go to trainer camp. Joe Mixon wow. was on Saturday, you know, and I just texted him happy birthday. His birthday was Sunday. Humble young man, and he's going to do He is that. humble. 
real humble. I'm proud of Joe. I called him Jojo. I've been calling him Jojo since ninth grade. So just to watch his whole journey and to see him stay the same, man, it's it's wonderful to see that. My goodness. 40 minutes in and uh, wow, it's, just, it's rolling. So we ain't even get to this point, which I, I usually like to do because I feel like we just been on some detours. So so we're going we're gonna to loop this thing back into the career aspect of it, Coach. So I think we, we, we really started off on track and then we just went a lot of places, which is great. That's great. So walk, walk, walk me through that step of just kind of moving up. You say you was at track, but how, what was that journey of moving up at these little stops and, and where were you at? Well, like I said, I started coaching uh, track in 1992 at McClymouth High School. And then I became, mm -hmm. uh, I also started coaching football that fall. And I was a head JV football coach and the head, and the head track coach. I was coaching junior varsity football. And I was coaching the defensive backs, coaching DBs at my school. And me and my best friend, Michael Peters, like I said, that's Marcus Peters' dad. We He was the offensive coordinator. I was a defensive coordinator on junior varsity football. My other good friend. John Edwards, you know, we all started off coaching together. And so once we got into it, two years in it, I got tired of being, hey, ain't that the dude that used to dance with MC Hammer? I got tired of hearing that because that's that was fresh in the 90s. Hammer was still hidden. I, I used to dance with MC Hammer and um, I was able to wow. travel the world, did some things. So you got you to gotta do a little bit more digging now from 89 <laughs> 92. I've done Oprah. I've done Arsenio Hall three times. I've done the American Music Awards. I've done the MTV Awards. Been there, done that. So when you're in that life and then you go back to where you're from, which is West Oakland, California, mm -hmm. and you go start giving back who you are while you still got that spotlight on you, mm -hmm. it was important to me to be Alonzo Carter, not the dude that used to dance with MC Hammer. So while mm -hmm. I was still in that headspace, I remember I had my, I started coaching track. I'm going to give you another nugget. A few people know this, but I'm going to put it out there. I had a 1987 drop top burgundy Corvette with peanut butter interior that Hammer gifted me while I was with him. I sold that car to buy my McClymouth High School track team uniforms because they didn't have uniforms. So I, sold my, car. I sold my baby to, to get to, and bought a, a, a cheaper car, took the money and bought the track team uniform. I was in my 20s. Who does that? Who? who let, who? let me ask you, Coach, what, what, what led you to do that, and was that a hard decision? It wasn't a hard decision for me because if I'm going to be a track coach, I was given – I'm the head track coach, and I look around. These kids don't have running shoes. They don't have track spikes. They don't even have track sweats. And, and, and the school's handicapped budgeted-wise. It's my old school. It's my school. So it's my gift back. I'm going to give this back. I'm going to take my own money out of my pocket. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? 
Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus embodies young men and women uniforms so they can feel proud about wearing that orange and black. That's our colors, orange and black. Yeah. We bleed orange and black. So we had the, that's when Mizuno was hot with the orange and black stuff. I bought a Mizuno spikes, the sweatsuits, the, 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 the track uniforms with the big M in the middle. I mean, I, I, I just wanted them to look right. You feel good. You look good. You play good. So I went out there and we won my first league championship that year running coaching track. So, that was just a mindset of, okay, you'll get blessed later on the back end. I had no agenda. I just wanted to make sure that these young men and women had the proper attire to be able to run track. And I sold my car and I don't, and I, and I love that I did it because God has yeah. blessed me 10 times since that. So it I was got, just I got, a mindset, I got, man. I got to be nosy. How much you sell it for, coach? I can't give you all that information. Okay. It <laughs> <laughs> has some yeah. zeros on it. It has some okay. zeros. It, it has okay. some on because I end up getting a little, I end up getting a little Mustang just to get around and make okay. sure. But that's a Mustang is a long way from a nineteen every. Yeah, you said a vet. You said a, a Corvette. That's big time. Okay, baby. You know, and uh, I was gifted that from Hammer being the posse leader. That was his way of mm-hmm. telling me thank you for what I've done, and I appreciated him. And um, I just, I just felt it was the right thing to do, man. To help, he helped me. So now it's time mm-hmm. for me to help somebody else. You've kind of always been connected, Coach. That, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so I mean, just just keep leading up, shoot. Right, my bad. I ain't gonna cut y'all. Keep keep leading up, Coach, to the owner journey. Okay, yeah. So from there, I did I do the high school track, and then from the high school track and football, I coach. I became the I was like I told you, I was the JV coach and head track coach. But mm-hmm. football, I was the head JV football coach, and on varsity, I was the defensive coordinator. So I did that for six years, and I was coaching both, and I was burning a candle at both ends. And yeah. by the way, I was a teenage dad. I had I had a son at seventeen years old, so okay. I'm taking care of my son in the process. So mm-hmm. in '99, when I told you we had that real good track t- team, I had a, my daughter, Alana Carter. I had my daughter. I had another child. She was born in '98. So I have mm-hmm. another, my daughter, and then here we go. Now I'm coaching football and track, and they gave me the varsity head coaching position. So once they gave me that varsity head coach position, I say, not only do I want to win it in track, I want to win it in the football. Because no matter what I did in track, as much mm-hmm. as I was popping my collar, summer track, regular track, you know yeah. how to go. Football. Yeah. You got to get it in football. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you can do all this talking all you want to. You never won it in football. And in 2001, I won my first section championship as a head football coach. We went 11 and one, had seven players go division one. And it just changed my life. It changed my career. It just made me feel like it was all worth it. You know, it was all, I just did it, had my own vision, uh, created such a great thing for West Oakland. You know, we had never won the section championship. We won the league championship in 88, but we had never, McClymouth High School had never won the section championship and we won it in 2001. And it was just big for me to do that and feel good about it. Coach Michael Peters, my office coordinator, he's my brother. And there was a little dude named Marcus Peters. It's the ball boy out dancing on the 50-yard line right there in the middle. So we just love that, man. We love that tradition. 
it gave me an opportunity to give back and change that community. And like I said, seven players on that team went Division One, including Brandon Smith, which just Brandon's still playing in the CFL. He's going to be a Hall wow. of Famer in the CFL, you know, and um, just watching me give an opportunity to affect my community and do it in a positive way. And then I end up winning it three more times after that. And I end up how did, how did you build? How did you build that thing, Coach? Uh, let's get on the hood a little bit with that. How did you? How did you Just build that thing? Like training, that? the year-round training, the off-season training, the football and track, marrying them together, making sure because there wasn't a lot of athletes there, so you had to make sure that you know the football players ran track and the track players played football, and some of them the basketball players too. You know, Yaya Abdul Mateen that played Candyman and all that. That's yeah, he went to McClymouth High School as well. He's a Cal grad, went to Yale. Yeah, yeah, I went to Mac. He's from Oakland. I'm mm -hmm. proud of him. Is doing well. He just had his last movie, Ambulance. You know, he's I just mm -hmm. seen that. Good, good. He was in uh, the Matrix and all that. Played Morpheus. Wow. So, uh, yeah, he went to he went to. I couldn't get him to play football, but he did run track. He played basketball. <laughs> ran the hurdles. So <laughs> create this thing. You know, myself at culture football and track, and then the basketball coach. Shout out to Coach Mo Dwight Nathaniel. He had won the state in basketball. So we McClymouth was always known as basketball school. We've had Antonio Davis, which played in the NBA, graduated with me. Bill Russell. You know, Bill Russell wow. went to McClymouth High School. Paul Silas. A lot of people don't give Paul Silas enough credit. He wow. Frank Robinson. You know, Jim Hines. McClymouth is known as the School of Champions now. So you come to okay. our school right there in the big middle, say School of Champions and all these trophies. So you got to figure out how do you navigate and add on to the championship. Mm -hmm. And that was my thing doing the track. So when we get the football thing and then you build it, now it became the standard. You become the mm -hmm. standard for the entire league and not just the league, the entire Northern California. Because at that mm -hmm. time, the standards was Bishop O'Dowell High School, San Leandro, Skyline High School of Oakland, and of course, De La Salle and Pittsburgh. Those were like the top five schools known NorCal. So you wanted to be in that conversation. You wanted mm -hmm. to preach yourself in that conversation. And we were. You know, we were in the top so, three, top five in the East Bay every year. So let me ask you this, Coach, because I'm in Texas. I don't I do I I I keep an eye on, on Cali a little bit here and there, but mm -hmm. it seemed like now Cali is more the big schools or the more private schools. Was it like that? Is it like that? And was it like well, that back then? That. It didn't used to be like that. Yeah, you got okay. a lot of schools that because you got a lot of inner city school, public schools that are good, but yeah. people don't live there and they driving way over here to go over there. That's why McClymouth High School, shout out to my brother Michael Peters, just won his fourth state championship in a row. Wow. In a row. That's and he big. did it at three different levels, D2, D3, and D4. And he only got 300 students in the whole school. Wow. So that's incredible what he's done. He's okay. taken in Randwood. He's taken it to a whole nother level. So, yes, you're right. It's not a whole bunch. The public schools are starting to suffer because of all these alternative schools and charter schools. Mm -hmm. So people are not really going to the schools that they're supposed to. And it's kind of divvied up. And it's a lot of people out of their area not going where they're supposed to go. But that's a whole different conversation. I ain't hating on nobody. You do what you got to do. It's a parent choice, parental yeah. choice. You choose to send your kid to a different school. That's your choice. But the ones that do do it, that you know you, you you have a lot of respect for them because they do it for years and years like i say 2001 we won the section championship we didn't have state back then but we won three of those and left 2006 i went to berkeley high school which i went from the smallest school in the east bay to the largest second largest 
Berkeley High School got close to 4,000 students. Only Ooh. James Logan got more than them. So I went from coaching at the smaller school to one of the bigger schools, and everybody was like, oh, he's not going to be able to do what he did over at McClymouth. Well, three league championships later. Wow. So, yeah. so, you, so you brought that same philosophy with you? I brought the same philosophy. I came over there. We play, play fast, physical, and proud. You play fast, physical, and proud. That was an FEP. I still use that. You go in my room, at my running back room, it says FVP. Uh, but I but I change it up a little bit. You know, I, I, I take the word physical and call it and just say violent now. Okay. <laughs> you play violent. <laughs> fast, physical, and proud is what we use when I was coaching high school because you always want to play fast. You want to be physical. You want to have fun. Have school yeah. pride. Have school pride. Know what you are. I did that. So three championships, uh, made the playoffs at Berkeley High School, and from there I went to Contra Costa College, took over a one in nineteen football team. They were one of the worst junior college football programs in the state of California. There was only four wow. black head coaches in junior college at that time. I was blessed wow. to be one of them. Same mm -hmm. thing. Third years of charm. Third year, three years later, I won my first regional league and section championship in junior college. Had over 20-plus guys go to Division One, and won. Wow. I won over there. I got coach of the year twice. I won four league championships there. Was able to coach Takaris McKinley, which ended up going to UCLA, been the first-round draft pick with the Atlanta Falcons. I just talked to his uncle today. What's up, Tough? So just to <laughs> watch and grow that program on the junior college level, that's when my good friend, if I rewind a little bit, that's when I met Coach Brennan, Brent Brennan, the head coach of San Jose State, I met him when I was coaching at McClymouth High School. So he wow. remembered me. He's watching from a distance, seeing me do all this. And then another thing that made this so incredible for me, for my personal self, remember I said I went on tour with MC Hammer. So, but yep. before I left out, when I was going to Cal State Hayward University, I left at the end of my junior year. So I didn't have a degree. Okay. So in order to coach college football, you need a degree. So at the age of 40, I went back to school while I was coaching and working a full-time job. So I went back, got my first, my associate's degree at Contra Costa. So I graduated from there because I had my unit, seen what all they counted, graduated from there. One of my players that I helped get a scholarship, Ishman Anderson, to UC Davis, well, guess what? He's the counselor now at Cal State East Bay, used to be Cal State Hayward. He now encourages me to go back and get my degree. So the same player that I helped get a scholarship to go to college, he's now my counselor advising me to go back to school. I switched my major to ethnic studies, became African American studies major, graduated at the age of 46, got my degree. Wow. Congrats to that. December, and that same guy that I met, Brent Brennan, that was watching me from a distance, mm -hmm. that went from San Jose State as a position coach to Oregon State, now he's the head coach of San Jose State. He called me, offered me a job, and I've been with him ever since. Wow. So that's the power of connecting, and me and him were on a friend level. It wasn't just football, but we were friends. His family, my wife, his wife, Courtney, and my wife, Roselle, they're friends. I watched all his kids grow up. I watched him grow in the business. I watched him become the man that he was as a coach and as a father. And he wanted me to be a part of what he was starting at San Jose State. And remember, I told you that third year's a charm, right? Well, yep. 
year three was our best year at San Jose State, and then year four we end up winning the Mountain West. So that's wow. been kind of a pattern of my career. I've been blessed to be part of things that have turned around. Everything I've took on, even when I told you I was coaching at McClymouth with the no uniforms, mm-hmm. last place team. So every level, I've been a part of a championship winning programs at every level that I've coached. And it's not just me that did it. It was good help, good people around me, and people and the players just buying into a vision. And I'm and I'm and, and that vision is 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 I'm just so self-motivated being a 17-year-old teenage dad, not really knowing who my father was. My father was incarcerated, so I didn't meet him till later. My mom got had some struggles with a drug addiction, so she raised four children on her own, and me trying to be a father of my own son. I had a lot of personal just push to be the, the best version of myself. And I took all that and put it and poured it into the sports thing. And now you're talking to the man that you're talking to. You see my children, pictures are behind me as we speak. But I'm just blessed to be able to be given. Somebody told me don't run when, when you when you're blessed with something and you run away from what it is when God blesses you with ability and you don't use some abilities, you won't be blessed. So I'm all about saving lives and touching lives, brother. So that's all. Man, that's good. And I, I, I didn't even realize that about the degree piece, coach. I didn't know yeah. that a person couldn't even. Is that, yeah. And now I'm sure that's the same in the league as well. Yeah, you got to have a degree, brother. You can't you can't coach. You can't coach Division One football. You can't be coaching no NFL. You ain't got no college degree. So I because you got to remember, I told you I coached high school for 20 years. Mm-hmm. Coaching college wasn't in my plans. Okay. So I was really. I'm not going to say I was okay without having a degree, but I wasn't in a rush to go back and get it. I'm like, man, I'm just doing this to help kids out. And everybody was like, hey, you need to be a little selfish and help yourself Mm. and help your family. How can you better yourself? And I was like, you know what? How am I preaching education to everybody else? And I'm not finishing with my degree myself. Mm. So I said, if I can pull this off at 40, I was taking wow. classes with my players at Contra Costa. I was sitting wow. next to them in class with them. I'm like, if I get an A on this paper, are you damn sure better. That's fascinating. That's fascinating. Putting it in for that perspective is fascinating. Yeah, I, and I walked the stage and got my degree, got uh, my wow. diploma and everything from Contra Costa. And I walked the stage and got my diploma from Cal State East Bay. You know, it was it was a wow. blessing, man. My mom was there. She was able to see me graduate from college which was important to me because she didn't get a chance to see me graduate from high school. So for her to see me walk the state and my children that my oldest son, which was 17, he was a baby. Now he, and he also graduated from Cal State East Bay. My daughter has just recently graduated from Cal State Northridge. My two other sons, one of them is at Cal and the other one's at San Jose State. So, and then my daughter is in the honor society, my 12 year, I'm a baby. So, Education is part of our family. It's part of our fabric of who we are and what we want it to be. So I figured if I can go back and not count my three nieces that all graduated from Cal with their master's degrees and one of them got a doctorate. So it's, it was just the fabric of our family. Education has always made me push me in a different space. And I said, if I can do it, anybody can do it. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? 
they're also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. So I'm about to ask you this. My bad, because I'm about to ask you too. What was what was your foundation then? I would assume it was your family that kind of gave you that ump. I gotta give my wife, my wife Roselle Carter. She took it. She took on a lot. You know, she took on the family. She she worked. Um, she told me don't worry. And then uh, my nieces. How, how, how important is that, Coach? I let because I, I was talking to another uh, a coach at the D three level, and we kind of hit on some of the personal aspect of it. A lot of podcasts won't go here, but you know, how important is it to have that? support system like that oh. be it a wife it, it, you know it, it let me say this let me let me let, let me phrase it another way could you have did that without her no no way well her uh without my nieces you know they they all were college graduates and then i have my my my, my uh other niece that was in texas and going to school all of them i used to call them my tutors you know they were my mm. motivation they would help me. They would push me. Uncle Lonzo, you can do it. Uncle Lonzo, you can do wow. it. You can do it. And they were just so, so important to me. And like I said, Ishman Anderson being a counselor, when I was ready to give it up, I'm like, Ish, I can't do this. Man, I got to drive an hour from school, go to drive from my job, go to school, and then drive back to practice and then still be a dad. Man, I, and a husband. I can't. This is yeah. a lot, bro. I can't, yeah. can't do this. He's like, Coach, yes, you can. He didn't flinch. He was like, yes, you can. So I just kept on taking them online and physically going to class. I was taking night classes. I was doing it all, brother. And it was, I found a major that I fell in love with, though. You know, being an uh, African-American studies major, it changed my life. It just broadened so many different things. Because you learn about your culture. You yeah. learn about some things that you don't even know about. And it taught me a lot. And um, it just educated me and made me be more motivated to be an example. And I was in there with younger students, and they thought, oh, OG, I see you. I'm like, oh, gee, who are you talking to? I'm like, oh, oh <laughs> I had to check. I'd always catch myself, but they were really positive. Everybody was just so good. And one of my classes I took was a, a, a evolutionary hip hop class. It was a hip hop class. And I was like, oh, I know I'm going to get an A in this class. And I'm in there talking, giving examples of being yeah. on tour with MC Hammer and being around Tupac and Digital Underground. Too short and E40 and all it just giving all these different stories. It was like, whoa, he like he know these people. So it was just wow. really good, you know, having being around Dr. Dre and NWA, Easy E, just all, all that whole little stuff, just being able to kind of see it. Now you're taking classes on them. Oh, these is a clown. I, I better get an A in this class. So that kind of mm -hmm. triggered me to keep it going. And it was I had a real good professor. She was really educated on this topic, and it was and it just intrigued me. And I got some mentors when I was in school that kind of made me want to continue to finish up with this degree. Now, once I get the degree, now that opened up all kind of doors. And that's how I'm able to finally throw this on here. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. big time. Coach, yeah. what was what was the big difference from you coming from a small junior college to, you know, obviously San Jose State? What what's that? What's that? What's those major differences? Um, the major difference is is just the resources okay. you know the biggest thing in any time you go to something big just like if you went from San Jose State to University of Miami or Alabama yeah. or Oregon yeah. it's just resources and mm -hmm. the people are all the same though you know you all division one um when you go from junior college to a four-year school 
It's just you have more resources and educational wise, you're going to be taught well because you take a lot of your prereq classes when you're at a junior college level. So from a school standpoint, it's you, you're still dealing with learning. So that part is not the hardest part. The biggest adjustment is the social piece and their time management, because now this is your job. You know, you this is your job. When you go from junior college, you might have a part time job. You come here, your job is football and school. You know, we're yeah. paying you. You sign a letter of intent to go to school. Mm -hmm. That is your job. There's no, oh, I got to work on at night at Wendy's or McDonald's. No, you better get your butt in there and study. <laughs> so that, that's your job. So that was yeah. the biggest thing and just making sure that people didn't take it for granted. You will be surprised that a lot of people, especially people that look like us, we take this opportunity for granted. And then we tend to want to point the finger at when things don't work out when the reality just look in the mirror and did you really take advantage of the blessing that was given to you because this well, is because why 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 is that coach do you think it is it's a support system thing is it a responsibility thing is it a lack of why why does that seem to happen you think we you gotta remember most children including yourself are raised by parents that wanted them not to have to go through the stuff that they had to go through some of the heartache and some of the pain and some of the struggles that they'd have to go through. So somewhere along the line, you feel like somebody owe you something and you start taking things for granted that are really given to you. Then I'm not saying you didn't earn it, but you didn't have to go through some of the trials and tribulations that we had to go through. And we appreciate it. Like, oh my God, you know, I played a division two. I was a walk-on. So I, I didn't get no scholarship. So somebody say the word scholarship to me. I'm like, whoa, you know, I appreciate yeah. that. These guys, now you got social media and the pat me on the back and the me movement, as I call it. It's all about yeah. me, the me movement. Mm -hmm. It's easy to get validated just by somebody pressing their thumb and saying like. You get you get 50 likes, you get to thinking you somebody. So the me movement can sometimes get you distracted and understanding it ain't just about you. It's about a whole lot of people around you. It's about your people. It's about your family. It's about your team. You know, and now you got a three star or a four star or a five star recruit, you know, so you get a whole lot of self gratification now. So that hustle and that grind, it's not the mm -hmm. same. And I'm not saying mm -hmm. they don't exist. Yeah. Because, you know, every now and then you hear a story like about a Brandon Jacobs that had to live in his car with his dad, you know, and you wow. and go to Alabama as a three star and end up being a first round draft pick. So you, you kind of, you kind of, you kind of see them type of situation. You go like, whoo. That's tough. Now that's old yeah. school, but we yeah. view that. I was talking to my own daughter about it. She was like, "It's okay to party and have fun, just because y'all didn't have no fun, you know." That don't mean it's not fun. I'm like, "What you mean? I have fun, but it was a struggle, you know. I had yeah. a little fun too. So, but we provided so much for our children, so they didn't have to go through what we went through. You know, I wow. love my children. My children are—they're my life, but yeah. they didn't live the circumstances that I lived, or." My, even my wife, we talk, we tease about our 12 year old daughter. She, all she know is middle class living. She yeah. don't know about yeah. no projects. My daughter yeah. would probably be like, where are we at? You know, so yeah. she has to, they don't go through what we have to go through. So it's some things that they take for granted and feel like somebody owed them. Somewhere along the line, they get, get it twisted. Don't nobody owe you yeah. nothing. Yeah. Nobody owe you nothing. You sign that, in, that letter of intent. You now need to buy in because that's a contract. Mm -hmm. That's a six-figure contract. That's worth over hundred some thousand, two hundred, three hundred thousand dollars. You mm -hmm. better live up to your end of the contract. And yeah. a lot of times, people take that for granted.
Yeah. Speaking of which, Coach, uh, reading a little bit of your bio, you was, I think, what, back-to-back recruiter of the year a few years back. Talk to me about that. How was you able to connect and, and, and be a great recruiter, not only at your institution, but in your conference? Well, let me get it straight. I don't want to make nobody mad. I was first place one year and I was second place the other year. But, you know, I, I, I want to make That's sure. Still good, though, yeah, That's still good, though, Coach. That's still good. It wasn't about – I had a great team around me. I had a group of people that was helping me. I had some people that gave me the resources for us to go out and target and get good players and, and be in a position where we knew what we wanted as a program and we ID and identify those guys that fit what we did. And what, what do you mean, Coach? They provide like, resources. Go, go, go a little bit deeper. Like coaches, the assistant coaches, because I'm the recruiting coordinator, but mm-hmm. each, each coach has an area or each coach, like even though I'm the running back coach, I'm a, I have the Bay Area. Or there might be another coach that if there's a running back and he's in L.A., even though I'm the position coach, that area coach got to go get that kid. Or if mm. we went to go to a junior college, like the year we go out of state, if we go to Kansas Juco or we go to Florida or something, I'm going too. I was responsible for going out of state and help get some of the out-of-state guys. So each coach had their hand in it. And depending on how many – players you sign be it in your area or your mm-hmm. position that's how you get the ranking so even though mm-hmm. i got a lot of the credit it wasn't just me it was a group it was a collective effort we have a wonderful staff led by our head coach giving us the green light to go mm-hmm. pick players that fit what we do and that's why we've been able to those players translate into us winning the championship and mm-hmm. now we're always okay. in the running you know, we went from last place to first place the first two years was rough we only won three games. So now the cornerstone of the program that we're winning with, those are homegrown players that we had in our program, whether it be a Kyle Harmon or a Kay Hall or a Junior Fajoko or my running back Tyler Nevins. Those were players we recruited to come to the program and believe in us when we were losing. Mm-hmm. And they believed in us and came in and bought in and we won the championship with those guys. What, what was the motive? What was – I don't know if the words motivating factor of faith, but what was that something that kept you guys going when when it was dark when y'all had those losing season, Coach? Coach Brennan, Coach Brennan just kept kept an eye on the prize academics, because during those time, the first two years, we had the highest team GPA in the history wow. of the program, and we right. had the most three point in the history of the program. Even during COVID, when we think everybody was shutting down and going through mm-hmm. the dark, he he said, "Let's shoot for COVID sixty. We call it. We wanted sixty players with three well, we came wow. back with 74, you know, so wow. he just kind of kept us motivated, kept us stimulated with the academic piece and getting involved with the campus, getting involved with the other sports, you know, whether it be women's uh, volleyball, or softball, women's soccer, you know, just women's basketball, showing support on campus, gymnastics, wow. swimming, smart. water polo, all these different sports, just giving them love and letting them know we all on the same team. We all in the same university. And even though we, and we had some championship teams, our gymnastic teams off the hood, women's basketball, one championship, women's tennis team, our golf. Mm. We had a lot of success in the other sports and they were winning championships. And we was at soccer games, rooting them on like we won, you know, blowing wow. the horn and everything, men and women, especially all the women teams. So we would always support them and show them that love. And so it was time when the our biggest cheerleader for us is the men's baseball team. Oh man, they mm. got a section, they go ham, they go crazy for us. I believe you too. Love, 
oh, they go crazy for. We love seeing the men's baseball team, and we turn around and give that love right back to them. So just just getting involved with the campus and holding on to the academic piece and figuring out how we're going to build this like as a family, making sure that the family, and as we call it the Spartan Nation, we all supported each other. And that's why it felt good to win. And we've won championships in other sports. And it feels real good to see it all build where it is right now. Coach, speak to those – you can't – you know, had those tough years, and then y'all started winning. Uh, going to recap a little bit. What do you remember – what do you remember doing about some of those games during, the, during, those year, during that year? I mean, it was good because it was tough because we didn't have fans. It was tough, bittersweet. We won it. It was beautiful, all of the above. But the year before, we kind of planted the seed when we beat Arkansas. We went down to Arkansas Ooh, and beat Arkansas. That's big. Yeah. Talk to me about that one. That's big. Yeah, and then we beat Army at Army. Uh, those yeah. those were two games that people didn't think we were going to win. You know, those were two games that you can kind of feel being in Arkansas and the SEC land, looking around like, oh, this is big. It was on national TV, and yeah. you just we just went down there with a little chip on our shoulder. We had just lost two weeks ago to Tulsa, so we was kind of like had a bye week. We had an extra week to kind of get our minds focused on the game plan and how we were going to execute the game plan. And shout out to Coach Odom, our defensive coordinator. Coach McGiven, our offensive coordinator, and Coach Scott White, our special teams coordinator, they had great, not good, great game plans to get wow. it done, studying film, having that extra time to just lock in and seeing what we're doing. And Coach Brennan just keeping us all even killed and just knowing what buttons to push to make sure that we as a staff was on point, making sure that our players were just locked in. We made a couple of changes in personnel and moved some guys around and Man, it was it was it was magic. It was magic wow. to win that game. And my running back, uh, John Packer, had the winning touchdown. Man, and I just shed a tear. I cried because I thought about my mom, which she had just passed, and my brother. So I was just they caught me on camera crying, and it became a, wow. they did a story on it. But it was just so emotional because you wear those emotions, and it's a long way from West Oakland, long way yeah. from the young black man from West Oakland out here in Arkansas and SEC playing on ESPN, coaching and winning the game that nobody thought we could win. So it was yeah. just having that and the players appreciate that. They feel that, you know, they are part of that with you. So when we won that championship the following year, we built brick, we building it, we building it, we building it. And then we finally win it, man. It was just like, even though the fans weren't there, man, it was just great to get that Mountain West championship ring and just know that we've done something that nobody thought we could do. You know, in, yeah. in four years, we turned the whole program around and pretty much kept the staff intact and just did a great job. And, and my hat's off. Got to go to Coach Brennan and the entire staff, you know, everybody involved with it that just stayed on course, making sure that we didn't lose focus on what we were trying to do. And, man, it was a great feeling. And last year we missed the bowl game by one game, so we're trying to get back on get back, get yeah. back to that feeling because – there's nothing like that feeling, man. And we, now we got the fans. We want to be able to celebrate with our fans. We want to be able to do this thing the right way. Yeah. Coach, talk about what, what what's your ways of, of learning and developing, whether it be as a man, as a husband, as a coach. And then talk a little bit about that Zoom call I, I read about. I think it was, I feel like it was a year ago, but you put up, you put together a Zoom coach, a Zoom call. I feel like kind of targeting minority coaches. Are you familiar with that? Yes, yes. Uh well, I, when we was during those COVID times. I was able, uh, Coach Brennan would challenge us every week to go and find some professional development, you know, do things to get you better professionally. 
And within that, every week we would have to come back and present. So I end up joining a running back group uh, that Tommy Robinson and uh, Jabbar Jaluk and all these guys. Kyle McDonald, he was at Utah at the time. He invited me to this running back group. Now you're talking mm-hmm. the who's who of college football was in this group text. And I'm like, man, look at all these names on here. You know, Coach Foster from Iowa. And, I mean, you got Florida State. Uh, uh, Louisville, you got all these power five schools on this call. And then it also has some small FCS schools and then the group of five like mine. So it was like a melting pot of like the 30 running back coaches. And we would wow. get on there and talk ball and, and Tommy and all them would let people talk and present different players. Like, man, everybody's sharing and showing the screen. But while I'm looking at it, I'm like, the one thing I see in common, everybody on here black. And Nobody but maybe Coach Goo at the time, Ron Goo, when he was uh used to be a former head coach. I was like, nobody's been a head coach or even a coordinator. And if they wow. hadn't, do they aspire to be that? When I say never been, I'm not talking about high school because there were some former high school yeah. coaches on there probably as well. But wow, who wants to be a head coach? Mm-hmm. Because everybody on here is black, so I know, and they smart. I'm talking, man, them dudes is breaking it down. Man, you hear. Look, this is what I'm talking about. Jabbar Jaluk and Tommy and them get to talking, man. They talking ball. Larry wow. Warner and them, they talking ball. They breaking this thing down. They they showing it all. You know, and I'm just like, man, these dudes are sharp. Why none of these guys ain't had an opportunity to be a coordinator or a head coach? So I got out of that like, you know what? I'm going to create the same type of Zoom call, but I'm going to do it on the West Coast. And that's what I came up with the West Coast Zoom clinic. It started off with 25 or 30 coaches, and we were just on there talking about the game within the game. That was, that was my topic. We're not going to talk no ball. We're not sharing screens. And we're just <laughs> going to talk about the game within the game. How can we help each other elevate? And that's where I had all caught. And that's why I came with the logo, Listen, Learn, and Network. And myself, uh, Kofense Henson, uh, Coach Tom A.T. Thompson from Cal, Jimmy Bill, Junior Adams, uh, uh, um, who else? Uh, Keith Haywood, you know, uh, all these guys were like, hey, man, you you know everybody, so let's just bring them all together. So that first call had like 30 coaches on there, and next thing you know, it was 100. Wow. And then I came up with topics. I had Mike Jinks, Dwayne Walker, and Ron Gould, all former black head coaches, that had either stepped left their jobs, I got fired, and they were so transparent and open with us and told us what they would have done different and how they could have, if they had a chance to be a head coach again, what they would do. And man, it was like a three hour call, man. And it was just game. It was just writing it all up. And then I said, you know what? Let's go to the next level. Let me get Pep Hamilton on here. Let me get Andre Patterson on here. Let me get some brothers that's in the NFL. Mm-hmm. And see how much gain it. Brian Stewart, Richard Rogers. You know, let me get some guys on here that's in the league and yeah. see how much game they gonna give up because they made it to the league. Yeah. They pouring out game. So now the call got 150 coaches on there. Then I said, you know what? Let me go through these heavyweights. Let me get Willie Taggart. I, I went for uh, David Shaw, De- Carl Durrell, James Franklin, Loxley, uh, Derek Mason. I'm starting to pull them all out. And they on there now. This thing that went from three hundred to four hundred. Then I said, "Let me get the Super Bowl on the Zoom call." 
Let me get John Embry, which is the assistant head coach and tight ends coach for the 49ers. He's best friends with Eric Bieniemy. So let me get the Kansas City Chiefs and the 49ers, which had just went to the Super Bowl that year, on the same call together. It's 500 coaches on there. We listening to Eric Bieniemy and John Embry. John Embry used to be the head coach at Colorado. So he's been a head Division One coach. He's best friends with Eric Bieniemy. That's online to be a head coach himself. That just won the Super Bowl. I mean, they just giving up all the game. And it was just wonderful, man, just to get them guys on there. So you just keep adding on there. Then I did an HBCU Sunday. I had the entire SWAT and MEAC on a seven-hour Zoom call. Seven oh. hours. Because you know they're arguing, going Yeah, by. you know how they get. <laughs> crazy. Seven hours. That's how I met Willie Simmons and, and Coach Dooley and all them dudes, man. Them dude Terry Sims and. We friends to this day, Dawson Odoms and all them guys, man. Chennis Berry, man, it was beautiful just having all them dudes on one Zoom call. So I started doing it every Thursday and every Sunday. And I went during the whole pandemic. And the whole object was the game within the game. We're not talking no ball. We just talking about life. Then I did my black coordinators Zoom call. Marcus Freeman was on there. Fast forward six months later, he the head coach of Notre Dame. You see how that worked? Hold on, coach. Hold on. I can't let you drop that like that. You ain't gonna drop it on me. Just now, now you ain't gonna do that. You can't do that. (laughs) Repeat that. Repeat. Start over and say what you just said. You can't just drop that on me like that. I had my brother. I hit up Marcus Freeman when he got the job at Notre Dame. I said, brother, it was in June, last June. I said, I'm doing a black defensive coordinator Zoom call. I need you on there. Are you available? Oh yeah, no problem. So I had him, my coordinator Derek Odom, San Jose State. Had a couple HBCU coordinators on there because I wanted to give them all some love. Just wanted to give some brothers a chance to talk. And they just dropped. Coach Belt from Houston, yeah. the, the, the yeah. D coordinator for Houston, yep. he's, on, he's on that top 45, 45. Yep. Sure all them dudes on one Zoom call talking. And then you fast forward six months later, that man, the head coach from Notre Dame. And I took a picture of him coaching, texted to him and said, man, I'm proud of you. And he texted me right back. You know, just to watch all these careers change, man, and just see these dudes do what they do, it just became big for us to be able to motivate ourselves and say, if they can do it, I can do it. And Mike Loxley started the coalition, you know, the National uh, Coaches Minority, National Coalition for Minority Football Coaches. He starts the coalition during that time. It was, he was just a conversation. Now it start. Bam, here you go. Now I'm on the board with that. So I'm over here. Rubbing elbows with Buddy Pugh, you know, over in South Carolina State. Yeah. And just, just you know, Larry Scott and Howard. You know, these are all my guys, man. I just kind of yeah. felt like, man, I'm connected. So I had to yeah. end up changing it from West Coast Zoom Clinic. Now it's called Coast to Coast Zoom Clinic. So it's mm. everybody, everybody all from coast to coast, man. It's nationwide. I got high school coaches, junior college coaches. It's average three, 400 coaches on there. A call just getting game. So now at the end, I took it to another level. I do the breakout rooms, and I let the young coaches get on there and present like they're interviewing, doing mock interviews. So they're getting feedback from head coaches and coordinators on how they need to get better. So yeah. it's just it's just going, man. And just different ideas for two years, been two years strong. And, they, and I just did my last one last Sunday, and they're like, Coach, don't forget. I said, man, it's season. We'll come back in December. But it, it just touched me, and it touched me really deep at the FCA convention, man. I met some of these people in person and they just walked up to me and told me, thank you, man. I was like, for what? 
man, you changed my life. You changed my career. And I was just like, wow. I helped over 35 player uh, brothers get jobs through them. Wow. And most man. recently, I just, I just helped three this week get jobs. And it was just, I don't get nothing from it. I'm not no agent. I'm just blessing people. And if yeah. I can connect you with somebody that knows somebody, that's what we're supposed to do, man. Everybody talk about it, but that's our responsibility. Everybody sit up and talk. My boy, Trey Oliver, shout out to Trey Oliver, North Carolina Central. He said, brother, you're a unicorn. I was like, a unicorn? He said, you're a blessing. He said, people ain't doing what you're doing. And I just want to tell you I appreciate it. And that, that, that weighed a lot on my heart because I got so much respect for Trey. I never even met Trey until this past January. But for him to tell me that, that just weighed on my heart to keep doing it because I'm trying to help people that look like us. And Trey's a friend of mine, and he's doing a good job down there in North Carolina Central. And shoot, one of his position coaches, Isaac Williams, guy mentoring, gets the interview through knowing John Embry and the enemy. He's an assistant offensive line coach now with the Pittsburgh Steelers. This just happened. You know what I'm saying? Oh, just, just, just to connect it. Oh, it's, no, I got, no, 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 no. Hold, 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 hold that thought because I want you to. I want you to keep picking at this because I'm gonna tell you in my power. You know, not to get spiritual today, but in my prayers, I was telling God how even with my pockets, I want this thing to be coast to coast. I want it to be like a freeway. You know, you can drive from Cali to Dallas, Dallas to mm -hmm. Virginia. But in that, I'm not gonna even get a coach. You know, the, the coach that connected all of us via the uh, mm -hmm. via the online social media. It's, that speaks to what you're doing because when mm -hmm. it happened to me, and this that's on social media, so this and I'm not a coach, but from the media side, when he did that, coach, I said it touched me because I said the only way you're gonna go to the next level is if people connect you, mm -hmm. and that touched me, you know, because that's how we met. So I, I, but my point is saying that is that validates everything you're doing, and when the yeah. person is on the when the person on the receiving end of that, that coach. It'll change the whole mental aspect. I, of life, I, period. And I had a brother. I ain't gonna put him put him out there. I nominated him. No, I put it out. There. I just talked to him. I nom I got a call back in in May, and there was a, a NFL minority internship for the season, not for the summer, for the season. Yeah. And they and they asked me for some names, and I gave a brother, uh, one of the young men, the name. He got the job, man. This man was coaching Division Two. HBCU level football, he's now fits to be coaching in the NFL. This just happened this week. He texted me like, you just don't know. You changed my life. That's heavy, man. That's heavy on your heart when you're like, wow, man, I just they asked me who did I think was qualified for the job. I gave him some names. And he was one of them names. He had to interview and get it, which shout yeah. out to him. But he got that job. He's at, he's in the NFL. I got five guys that I've since that Zoom call were all in college that are all in the NFL right now. Right now, coaching. <laughs> right now, coaching in the league. And it's just like Detroit, Cleveland, Pittsburgh, Washington, them dudes, New England, them dudes in the league. Like coaching. They were not in the league during that time. They were coaching. <laughs> and now and one and two of them was coaching FCS. We ain't talking. Wow. We talk the FCS level, coach. Yeah, actually six. Because, no, it's more than that. It's like ten because I forgot about Mike Petrie, uh, 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 Marquise is with the Falcons, and, and, and Nick. It's three with the Falcons. Them dudes wow. is in the league, man. They in the league doing their thing. They deserve it. KJ Black goes from Florida A&M to the Rams, doing his thing, man. 
they, they doing this thing. Them dudes are doing it. Jeff Anderson was the corners coach. He played for me at Contra Costa, GA with me at San Jose State. Then he's at Cal Poly. He's coaching Nichols with the Cleveland Browns, man, right now. You know, that's just big. He, that's one of my former players coaching in the NFL. So you just get so much gratification and you feel so good on your inside that what you've done with no agenda just open up so many doors to connect so many people through conversations, man. And it's, let, it's, let me let me let me ask you this, Coach, because this this I mean, I don't think people understand how it, it reminds me of the scripture, how good when brothers dwell in unity. I mean, it's just so much you can do when this happened. How do you view this thing, Coach? Is it like a, a web connected? Like, how, how do you view all these connections? And, like, what's your kind of – what do you call it? Do you call it anything? No, I'm just – like I told you, I, I, I don't like to go too spiritual, but, you know, I feel like God blessed me with an ability to bring people together, even on a high school level, junior college level, whatever. And if you pure and you genuine with what you're doing and you don't have no agenda – yeah, that's big time. People will see that and they will gravitate to you. And now you got genuine relationships. Mm. I can call Willie Simmons and say, what's up, Willie? And his response is going to be, a, what's up, big bro? He don't call me Coach Carr. He don't call me Zoe. He called me big bro. I met Willie Simmons on a Zoom call two years ago. It's the head coach of FAMU, which he gonna, yeah. he's special. That dude's special. Yeah. But I met him through Willie Taggart. I knew Willie Tiger and David Shaw when they were position coaches at Stanford under Jim Harbaugh. Okay? When they were at Stanford as position coaches. So they've been the same people. These people are good people. Derek Mason is a great brother when he was at Stanford. So it don't surprise me when he was at Vanderbilt. Now he's over at Oklahoma State. Same guy. Great people. My coach, Brent Brennan. Great man. These are good people. Don't let the whistle and the title confuse you. If you ever had a conversation with David Shaw, you'd be like, man, this dude is so cool. He's one of the coolest dudes you ever talked to. Good people, man. You got to get to know people for who they are. And they'll know you for who you are. You talk to Kalani Sataki from BYU. Oh, man, that dude is wonderful. Kalani, he'll have you. Man, that dude is beautiful. And he the head coach of BYU. He's sitting up on the Zoom calls, loving it, just smiling, just kill him and Coach Brennan coach together at Oregon State. Wow. He's one of the few, one I think is only three, if that, poly, head Polynesian coaches in Division One football. Come yeah. on, man. And he'll give it to you. He'll give you, oh, he's just talking. You just love it and you gravitate to his story, man. And don't even get started on You get them brothers in the HBCU that coach FCS football. That's FCS football. They want you to know that. Don't 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 put no limitations on what they're doing. Them dudes no ball. They sharp. Them, it's no accident that they moving on and getting these jobs. It's no accident that these guys, Reggie Barlow's now the head coach, going to be the head coach in the XFL. It's not an accident. Them dudes no football. So you just got to give the opportunity to connect with all these people, man. And then once you get a chance, you're able to call Brian Johnson and get him to come on and talk and give back. You're able to call Jerry Mack. Now, he had Tennessee as a running back coach to come on and give back. They don't mind coming on giving back because they hear about it. James Franklin, when I called him, he said, I already know what you want. The answer is yes. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> okay wow. Mike London. Okay, Mike London's been on it three times as a guest. You know, they 
They love it. They love, they knew there was no uh, Tyrone Willingham. He he set the barrier for all of us. And he don't really get talked about, but he you really know, did at two man. different colleges. Tyrone, like yeah. the godfather, man. We got yeah. yeah. to give Tyrone yeah. his You know I had Tyrone on there. Wow. I had to give him his day. He had his old day tonight. Tyrone wow. Willingham set the bar for us. We're going to give him he his process. What are you supposed yeah. to give? Great brother. Oh. I had him oh. on there, man. One year, it was thir- the year that it was 13 black head coaches in college football, 12 of them came on my Zoom call. 12 wow. of them, 13. And it was just like, whoa, blown away. And then and then you got the only Cuban, well, at that time, it was Mark Cristobal was the head coach of Oregon. He comes on there, had him on there. Now you wow. have Miami. So you just yeah, man, you all these careers, man, and it's great that they want to share with us. They share yeah. with us. They give us all the game. We soaking it up. We writing it. We inspired to be them. Because I want to be like them. I want to yeah. be yeah. next, fill in the blank. Yeah. You, know, you want to yeah. inspired to be like them. Let me ask you this, Coach. Man, mm-hmm. this is this heavy to me because I'm telling you, man, in my prayers, I've been thinking about it, it, all this. It connects. It, everything mm-hmm. connects to the journey. So it, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to be transparent. Even our interview, I say, Father, let this let this interview go places like you know and i wasn't gonna tell you that but it, it, it right to what you're saying like let these things connect even in ways i might not know yet so mm-hmm. that's very fascinating i want to ask you a little bit without because i mean that was a zoom so that was kind of private with them but is there any nugget that you can give that was a theme that they were saying maybe coach yes the biggest thing okay. that all of them saying whether it be pep hamilton whether it be david shaw whether it be james franklin whoever mike loxley the one common thing that they all say, master your craft. Be a master of your craft. Don't just get labeled as a whatever that is. You might come in as one thing, as a recruiter or a people's person. You might come in as that. And that's fine. That got your foot in the door. But how long will you be able to just rest on that? You got to become a master of your craft. You got to master your position. And once you master your position, now you got to master the whole side of the ball. Don't just get stuck being labeled and limit yourself and get put in the box. Ask questions. When they when they talk in recruiting and there's some schematic stuff going on, get involved in the dialogue. You know, be show that you have input. Show your worth. That's another thing they said. Show that you're valuable, that you're irreplaceable. Make yourself irreplaceable. Regardless of who's sitting in the big seat, you better be irreplaceable. That's how I move all the time. I want to make sure that no matter what it is, that they feel like I'm a, they need, I'm a need. I want to make myself needed by my work, not just by my mouth, just by showing my work. And that's something that a lot of people don't do. They, they kind of feel like they've done enough. You've never done enough, and you've never learned enough. Always mm. be a student to it to the game, and those are the main mm. things. And that's common. And these are all different Zoom calls from different people saying the same thing. Pep Hamilton, he was an offensive line quality control his first job with the Jets, and he said he learned the old line stuff. And that guy's a quarterback guy. But he mastered that thing. He learned the blocking schemes and understood it. You know. Just make sure he knew what that was. So he could always open the door to get a job. I was told by Ron Gould years ago, learn both sides of the football because you never know where your opportunity is going to come. Ron Gould's a DP guy by nature. 
ends up being one of the best running back coaches in the country. My background is I play DB. I'm a defensive guy. I used to be a defensive coordinator when I was at Contra Costa. Now I'm coaching running back. So you don't, you never know where your opportunity is going to come. So you need to make sure you know both sides of football because you can be a receiver guy one minute and coaching linebackers the next minute. The guy that I told you with the Cleveland Browns, shout out to Jeff Anderson. He was my quarterback in junior college. Wow. He played quarterback. He played quarterback at Texas Southern. Wow. But all four of his jobs was on defense. He's he he was my offensive coordinator at Contra Costa College. His first GA job was on the D-line at Northern Colorado. Then he comes wow. to San Jose State, was the outside linebackers GA. Then he goes to Cal Poly as the corners coach. Now he's coaching Nichols in the, in the NFL, Cleveland Browns. Wow. That man played quarterback, but he's smart. And he got a work ethic second to none. Second to none. Just, just deep, real detail. And I'm so yeah. happy, so proud of him, man, to watch him move all the way up the ranks like that. You know, I, I think, Coach, and I know, you know, like I said, a lot of times you may move up just by, like I said, mastering your craft. But I think whether it's you, especially you, because you put on the Zoom call, you know, uh, due to COVID or whatnot, whether it's my podcast, any other podcast, it can be a podcast, it can be anything. I think it's so important, and it, it goes full circle, to mentioning those names. You know how when we started this episode, what, an hour ago, I said, yeah. is it important to mention these names in different rooms? Because it, I think it's so important because – you know, we can blame it on the media. They don't get talked about, which is true. But it's like, you dropping all these names on me, coach. Even people in football, besides, I'm not, not talking about the David Shaw's and the names like that. I'm talking about some of the, the guys that are rising. They might not even know these guys. Well, the biggest thing, and I think that was for the FCS coaches, you know, I wanted to make sure that that was something that I connected. Not only just on the HBCU level, but just across the country. A lot of Division One and Division II guys that I connected, making sure that they were able to have dialogue across the country, going back to that coast-to-coast mentality, knowing that you need to know who the coach at Laverne University is. Well, Laverne, where that's at? You know, or, the, or Middle Tennessee, you know, or Texas State. You know, even though that's yeah. a group of five, you go, with well, you need Texas? No, Texas State, or UTSA. You know, or a fam, you or a Tennessee state. You know, those are yep. you need to know who these people are and who are, who are the people pushing these buttons and and who are the people that are involved with the process. Hold on, mm-hmm. you need to go, coach. About an hour and thirty six minutes in, talking to Coach Zoe Carter out of San Jose right, State. Right. So yeah, that's, okay, that's, you, you need to go, coach. Like some of my some of my people told me straight up, Coach Carter. I never heard of San Jose State till I talked to you on the Zoom call. A lot of the brothers from the South had never heard of San Jose State. That's surprising. And, yeah, and then another thing they connected when they seen the little uh, the video with me dancing at practice, they end up being on Ellen. That was their only connection to me. I ain't seen that yet. Oh yeah, see, see, man, you you, you gonna dig a little bit back when we come. Nah, see, see, I'm, I'm, I got a, I got an eye philosophy. My philosophy oh, yeah. is I love to hear it, and man. then cause see, to me, if I know about it, it don't, it don't shock me as much. I wanna yeah, I wanna yeah. learn about it. When we when I first got there, my first year, ironically, they was filming me in practice. I didn't know they was filming me, and they played "You Can't Touch This" in practice, and I started dancing <laughs> to the routine. Because Brennan called me out because he knew I used to dance. The players had no idea I used to dance with MC Hammer. I remember I told you I got tired of being a dude that used to dance with MC Hammer, so I wasn't giving up none of that. Now, I do wow. got a 
my 10 time platinum album on my wall in my office. But I yeah. didn't want that to be a conversation. Man, they put that thing on social media. It went viral, man. It was everywhere. ESPN. <laughs> end up doing Ellen. You know, I mean, it was just, it was just crazy. And I was like, come on, man. I didn't, I didn't, uh, and I used to tell Coach, I don't want to be the dude that's known to dance with MC Hammer. You know, no, we're just going to have fun with it and, and connect, let people yeah. see who you are. Now, what I did do when I was doing interviews for this, I was like, do you want to know the man behind that? You know, you know, I'm not doing no dance. I'm not doing none mm -hmm. of that. You <laughs> want to see the dance, push play, go on YouTube. But, mm -hmm. Let's talk about my journey from yeah. dancing from MC Hammer to being the, the coach of San Jose State. And it opened up a lot of information and it was able me to share. So some of those brothers from the South was like, oh, that's the only time they had known and seen me was in that space. So mm -hmm. to be able to talk to me and have a conversation with me was like, oh, okay, this dude, all right. You know, so, yeah. you know, you just, you just, want people to know who you are and what your value are as a man. And I think I did a good job so far and I'm not done. I'm going to continue yep. to do things like this, you know, and be able to spread my word of who Alonzo Carter is and, and be able to help. Hopefully this podcast motivated and help somebody else be like, man, if he can do it, I know I can do it. Yeah. One, 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 uh, one, one minute, one hour, 39 minutes going to give it a wrap up. Coach, two things. Where do you want to go? You know, what, what's your goals? And then talk talk about what's behind you, man. I see some books. I see some, I don't know if there's oh, some man, facts. Got, talk a little bit about it. You got a little bit of stuff. You yeah, see, this one here, I'm talking about my hammer day. This right here, that's me right there on the floor, laying in the middle. Hopefully oh, wow. My group. That's my group. When we, used to, we filmed our video at Southern University. Uh, wow. Uh, if you go up and look up uh, Hofrat Swing, you will see we filmed the video back in 92 at Southern University. First one to film video at HBCU. You know, wow. back then we used to dance the hammer. I got all kind of little goodies in the back. My wife and up there. Just my, my other platinum is up there. Uh, I can't see that one. Down, okay. <laughs> it's just it's just where I want to go in my career. Obviously, one day I want to be a head coach. You know, um, okay. it's no secret. You know, I, I work for a great man. But my feet are planted where I'm at. I, I know my job task at hand right now is to to have the best season we can at San Jose State and win the Mount yeah. West. That's that's first and foremost. That's the only thing I'm thinking about. I don't even think about. But people ask me this all the time. You know, I don't even think that far ahead because when it's time for that to happen, you know that that will happen. But the first thing first is making sure that my group, my running back group, is ready to perform and give their best effort to help in San Jose State University win the Mountain West. And I, as on the personal side, I want to be the best father and husband I can be, you know, and then once the season is over and everything is lined up, you still got to do recruiting for the next year. That stuff will take care of itself. You know, if I'm, uh, I'm 53 years old, I'll be 54 in November. So yes, I have personal goals, but I don't ever let that sidetrack me from the task at hand. I'm blessed. I've watched this whole program grow and I've grown with it and I'm getting better. There's a whole lot I need to learn, a whole lot I need to know. And then just looking back from where I started to where I am now, man, it's just a truly, truly a blessing. I'm working on a documentary. Uh, I've, I've done a memoir that I'm trying, finishing up, you know, books. So I just a lot of stuff that's therapeutic for me that I need to share and get out there and let people see where this career path has taken me 
where I've been blessed to go with this and where I'm going to continue to go. I'm still, I'm always, you always look at football and sports. So mm-hmm. I think I'm at the end of the third. I ain't in the fourth quarter yet, but I'm at the yeah. end of the third and, I'm, and we winning right now. We up, we ain't winning by a lot, but I'm up and I'm winning. I'm at the end of the third, get ready to go in the fourth. And then we go into the fourth quarter, you know, that's the money quarter. Then you got to yeah. finish it out. And then you know how the rest is that. But I'm, in my yeah. career, I feel I'm at the, at the middle to the end of the third quarter trying to get it done, making sure that I'm continuing to win the game. This thing called life, the game of life. You got to play it right. You got to treat people right. You got to do people right. And good things will come to you in return. And you got to continue to be humble. And you got to continue to want to learn and bless others. And that's that's where I'm at right now. So, Coach, where, I can tell you big on family. Where, and it's kind of a funny question, but I'm a young man. I'm asking, where, where did you meet your wife, man? And then give some wisdom to that's, a... That's- a, a young 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 man in a profession. That's, that's, we're gonna that's, the a great, oh. that's a real good question because I met my wife. Um, my wife is see if you look right here in this picture, my wife. So my son, right here. Oh, that's a nice looking family. Yeah. So Anthony and Malachi both played pop one football together. That's my daughter Lana. They graduated from Northridge, and that's my baby girl. And then that's Isaiah. His oldest brother, oops, right there on the other picture. But I met her um, when they were playing youth football together and they were playing okay. Mighty Mites. And <laughs> she was a coach, let her tell it. And I was like, <laughs> coaching. Yeah, I am. Well, you the team mom. So I used to yeah. go out there with her and Malachi, Malachi Anthony both played together. And we met this picture of her when he was little right there. So, uh, oh, we, wow. Yeah, we, uh, yeah, we, um, we just gravitated towards each other and immediately I was 40 years old when I got married. So I got married okay. later. She had yeah. two boys um, and, um, and two boys, you know, so we had a joint family cause that's, mm-hmm. yeah, that's Isaiah and um, oops, that's yeah. Isaiah and, and Malachi right there. Those were her okay. two. And I had my, so we became a joint family, you know, my, my that's, son, a, that's a powerful point coach. Cause yeah. now that's maybe that may be coming more common now. That's, that's yeah, a we became point. a joint family. So we have a total of six Lizzo's the oldest, you know, he graduated from college. So she accepted me for who I was. And I was just a young, I was a high school coach at the time. And uh, she just was real supportive of me and kind of gave me a different perspective on how to go about getting things done. And then when I wanted to pursue my education, full tilt and support mode. Hey, you go home school. I'm going to hold the family down. And she did. She did that. She did that. She gave me all the support I needed. Um, had a good job. She was working. I was still doing my little high school thing, trying to move up and gravitate. Uh, yeah. And she was right there. She was the breadwinner. She's making more money than me. All of the above. Coach, let, 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 I don't want to cut y'all coach. I love this stuff, man. We're we going full circle, and that's what's beautiful. Well, okay, let, you know what? Finish that. Not ask this after you finish that. Finish that. She was the breadwinner. Go ahead. She finish was that. breadwinner. She was making more money. She go right here with the, her and my daughter and her son. That's Malachi. That's my wife. That's when they went to New York. So, right. um, yeah, she um, she just held us down, man, and she made sure that um, everything we needed was provided for us as far as the children and myself. Um, I was sacrificing and she knew my hustle at that time. I went from, I had just got to Berkeley high school and I remember her asking me, she's like, are you some kind of super coach or something? I said, why you ask me that? Because everybody keep asking questions about you because her oldest son, Isaiah was playing pop Warner football, you football then. And they knew who I was, but she didn't know who I was in the football world. And so 
them three years I was at Berkeley High, she watched me turn that program from last place to first place. And then with Contra Costa, she was right there from the beginning. You know, so it was just, wow. she's been right there with me, man. And even at San Jose State, our oldest son, Malachi, well, middle son, he's a redshirt uh, sophomore on the football team. He's a wide receiver. He picked San Jose State to go to. He plays wide receiver, uh, Malachi Miller. And um, to watch him do what he do is incredible. And just to have the family support that I have, man, just seeing them come into the games and just being there, you know. So, yeah, this is. This is them there. That's at San Jose State. You know, that's my baby. Yeah. That's Malachi in the middle. And just watching that whole growth and support behind me, man, and going to school and just trying to do it. And yeah. just it was it was great. And I'm still trying to do it. I'm still got her support. I want to be able to take care of my family and do the things that God blessed me to do and just appreciate family because without family, I wouldn't be here. No way. Wow. Her support, I would it, it reminds me of Cooper Cuff, but how, like, how important is that? I, I guess let's say a young man, he could be a coach, could be anything, trying to chase a dream, trying to build. How, how important is that to find that 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 group, that person for you to be to help you? Is that important or not? I remember asking the coach, and no, you know, it was. It's very important because during the time, the beauty of meeting a person like that, it's not just that you're meeting them for you; they'll also be able to see through the madness from other people. Because as you grow, not everybody's going to be excited about your growth. As you achieve things, not everybody's going to be happy that you're achieving them. So when you got good, real people behind you, they will always keep it real with you and tell you the truth. I've had the luxury of, like I told you, I was with MC Hammer. So I watched the career go. I was with Namdi Asamoah when he was in college and in the first round, he played 11 years in NFL, the Marshawn Lynch's. So you, I was able to kind of be around and see something grow into something big and something special. And while it's growing, not everybody's rooting for you. Not everybody's excited for you. Not everybody is genuinely on your side. So you better have a good one around you or some good people around you that's going to always tell you the truth and be in your ear and keeping you straight because you can fall real quick if you don't have the right people around you and we've been married we just had our anniversary in july it's been 13 years so it's just just really a blessing to have a family behind me that tell me the truth sometimes i don't want to hear it neither you know i don't want to hear that stuff you don't know what you're talking about but you need to hear it. You need to hear it. Yeah. My children are older now. I'm able to have grown adult conversations with them and just be able to share these experiences with them. So it's important to have that real truth being told to you because somebody can tell you right now, oh, you have a great podcast. And you be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then other people are like, man, that thing is terrible. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm talking about nothing. Oh, man, you don't know what you're talking about. No, you want people to give you the real, give you the truth. So you continue to grow as from a young man to a man. And it's all about growth. If you ain't about growth, then you shouldn't even be in this business because you can be hot real quick and be gone. That yeah. music business and, 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 and athletics, they've got about the same lifespan, two or three good years. You can be real hot and either you elevate or you just disappear. <laughs> yeah. You disappear. Man. I tell people do this all the time. Backtracking your brain your five 
favorite artists or songs that you liked four years ago? And ask yourself right now, is those still your same favorite five? Nine times out of 10, the answer is no. You might have two, but it won't be all five. Four years ago, what was your favorite artist and what was your favorite song? Here it is four years later. Are those still your favorite? You'd be like, oh, music didn't change. You know, Lil John and crop music was rolling for a minute. Then it changed. Then we got into trap music. And, you know, I grew up in gangster rap when it started in the 90s. Remember, I was with MC Hammer. Then gangster yeah. rap came. Snoop was young. Snoop had just yeah. came out with Dr. Dre, you know, and uh, he did the deep cover soundtrack. A lot of people keep forgetting that was Snoop's first song. He was like, who is this dude? That was the young Snoop. So music changes it. So seeing dudes like him with their longevity is incredible. You know, Snoop and Dre and mm-hmm. uh, uh, E-40 and them guys, Too Short. He's like, wow, Too Short right here from Oakland. You know, so to see that yeah. longevity is incredible. But no, man, you just got to make sure that you're surrounding yourself with people that are going to give you real, authentic opinions and keeping it. 100 with you whether you like it or like it or not you need to hear that and that's what she's done for me sometimes i don't hear but she keeps it real with me and she keeps me balanced and my kids keep me balanced yeah all right let's wrap this up we'll end with this one coach it's been a it's been a really complete type of interview um what what, what's what's some little words of wisdom to somebody freshly breaking into the to the profession my biggest thing is be true to yourself be, be true to yourself. And the most important thing, I'm, I love using this with my players and also pertains to your career. Surround yourself with positive peer pressure. And what do I mean by positive peer pressure? People that either want what you want or above what you want. You don't want to surround yourself with too many people that thinks less of what you're thinking because it's hard for you to grow. You want people that's equal or above what you're trying to do. So when I tell you I've gravitated to a Terry Sims at Bethune-Cookman and a Willie Simmons at a FAMU or a Hugh Jackson at a Gramlin, because I want to do what they're doing. I want to be them. I want to be just like them. I want my career to grow just like theirs and vice versa. They see what I'm doing and they say, hey, I want to be able to do some of the things you're doing. So you just need to gravitate to people that think similar but want more because if they don't want more then you're not gonna want more you know it's tough for you to want more i didn't know uh mike loxley 10 years ago i know him now yeah and i see what he's doing and he see what i'm doing and that's able our relationship to become way more genuine and not just on a professional level but on the personal level i can call mike loxley right now and have a full conversation or i can call a hugh jackson right now a guy that i inspired and wanted to be like i wanted to be Hugh jackson yeah i could pick up the phone and call him or i could call marvin lewis i thought i was marvin lewis in 2001 when i won my championship i told him we won our first high school championship i thought i was you i ran i thought i ran your defense and everything i wanted to be the next marvin lewis so you just and i met tyrone willingham when he was coaching at washington one of my players willie griffin played for him at washington so you inspire to want to be like those guys. So you kind of try to give yourself an opportunity to surround yourself with them people, learn from them people, and grow just like them people. 
Coach, I am about to I'm about to spam your social media with little pieces of this interview. I'm made it. I mean, I'm about to really, I'm about to really just post because I think it's a lot of good nuggets. And this, this episode will probably be out in a few few weeks. I got a lot of lot yeah, back up. You can piece it. I know you can I love it. I love but I, I'm, I'm gonna do it. I'll tell you, I'm gonna I'm gonna spam you like crazy because there's so much good information. An hour 53, we're 54 minutes in. That's a wrap of the Hood Scout podcast with Alonzo Carter from San Jose State. Coach, man, this is good. Appreciate you. Appreciate your time. And, uh, you know, let, let's stay in contact over, 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 over the years. All right, brother. Thanks for having me on. And shout out to Brennan Marion, my brother at University of Texas, for connecting us and making this happen. I'm glad I was able to do this. And he's another one that, yeah. hey, I watched his career. You know, yeah. Brennan is still on the rise. You know, last yeah. I talked to Brennan. He, Brennan was just leaving Howard getting ready to go to William & Mary. You know, yeah. so look how look how things have changed in that short period of time. I know him when he was coaching high school ball. I've been knowing him. Yeah. So wow. just to watch his career has been a just been a fantastic journey, and he's still climbing. You know, he's still yeah. Climbing. He he his his next step. He's gonna be a he's gonna be a head yeah. coach or whatever he want to be. Did you did you already did you see when he first started when he was kind of in this thing getting off? Did you see that he had it had it IT factor? I didn't. Brennan, I knew him from a distance when he was coaching high school. When I knew Brennan was different, we got real close when he was getting ready to leave Howard to go to William and Mary. That's when okay. we got really, really close. And when you talk football with him, oh man, he just so detailed. It's like this dude's special. He different. <laughs> now a lot of people don't know him and they misunderstand him, and they don't give him the credit that he should get. But that young brother is special. And when you start talking to him, he calls me Unc. I'm like, man, everybody Unc and all this big bro Unc. So I'm, I guess I'm getting older, them little grays. <laughs> you talk to him, you just see a, a real brother that's trying to think outside the box and do things different. He went from William and Mary. They remember he was at Hawaii for a year. So yeah. when I was at San Jose State, so we coached against each other. So I was able to really talk to him even more. And then when he went to Pitt, I was like, okay, this thing and. And finally took off. He got that power, got the taste of that power five job that he wanted. Yeah. So I'm just, I'm just, you, you can see it. Yeah. When he was leaving Howard, going to William and Mary, him and Mike London, I was like, you with Mike London? And he's giving you the platform to be you. Yeah. That didn't surprise me. So he's going to be, he's going to be special. I told him one day, one of us is going to be a head coach. Hopefully I ain't too old. You might have to hire me. You know, so. <laughs> real talk. That's funny. Yep, yep. Nah, for real. Yep. Wow. All about all right. these relationships, these connections, man. Hey, yep. coach, man, go be with your family, man. And all like, right. I'm gonna spare your social media. Peace, brother. Take care. Appreciate you. All right, all right, doc.